The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. hundred and fifteenth episode of Social Suplexes podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Somewhat. I'm the host of this lovely podcast. Joining with me as always is my good buddy, my good friend, my good all-out companion, and my soon-to-be AEW Rampage companion, Floyd Johnson Jr. How you doing, my man? I am great. I am excited. I am full of shit sometimes because uh, <laughs> I told my wife I was not going to any shows until uh, September 1st Dynamite. And I was like, no, I- I'm not going to anything until September 1st Dynamite. I canceled my trip to SummerSlam on August 21st. And I was like, I'm home for the month. Oh, my God. And then, and then Darby cut a promo. And... You know, they say in the world, wrestling's a different business now. You can't talk people into the building. In one promo, Darby Allen talked me into the building. Just saying. Yep. I will talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. It's like they said, they said it's a lost start. He cut one promo. He said one line. And I went from, I'm not going anywhere to September 1st to... Uh, booking the plane ticket and uh, waiting in line for tickets to go on sale on Friday. And I and I went from I still don't believe CM Punk will be in AEW to uh, like very much doubting myself again. But we'll get into all of that and the rest of AEW Fight for the Fallen, which took place last week, and some other news that we have to comment on because a lot of stuff's been going on. Before we get into the show, though, I want to make sure you guys continue and are downloading this fine show on google or apple Podcasts. if you listen to us on spotify or anywhere else you get podcasts give us a share with your friends family co-workers whoever you wish it really means the world to us and helps get the podcast out there so really appreciate if you would do that for your good friends floyd and austin also you can leave a rating and a review let us know how we're doing you can also leave a donation if you're so inclined through our our podcast provider 
Red Circle. That would be incredibly generous. Easiest way to support us is on social media on Twitter. We are at AT Elite Pod, at Social Suplex. Other guys that make this show possible, they are our podcasting network. Check out all of Social Suplex's other shows. You will not be disappointed. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S Z U M O W I C Z. If you didn't catch it, you can also find me at SZumer4. The same account pops up. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Now, see, my account was always professional, sir. Always <laughs> professional status. I had to change mine. Big news of the week is, of course, the announcement of AEW Rampage, the first dance at the United Center, August. Oh, God. Let me make sure I get it right. August 20th in Chicago, Illinois, at the United Center. And first thing, of course, like I teased at the beginning of the show. Me and Floyd and my lovely sister, Cindy, because she will also be going with us because this is technically her uh, her birthday gift. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to afford to go. We are all going to the United Center. We are all going to AEW Rampage, the first dance, which, yes, we, we've talked about. For us, got sold to us pretty much on one promo from one Darby Allen, which we'll talk about again as well in the Fight for the Fallen review. But we were able to get tickets. I don't know how we were able to get tickets because, my God, that show was so much harder to get than All Out. Yes. Um, the scalpers apparently were in tow, and then there's a lot of fans. Actually, so I got, you know, you got your two tickets. I, I bought two tickets in the hundreds just so I could make sure I was in a the building. They were going that fast. And then I got lucky. One of our followers, one of the followers on my page hit me up and said, hey, I got three floor tickets in the sixth row. I'll sell you one at All Elite Jeremy. What up? So All Elite Jeremy, and I'm going to send this to Austin so he can see it, probably has one of the cooler tattoos I've ever seen in my life. I was going to actually share it out from the page and just kind of got lost, lost track of time. So Austin, if you check your Twitter and check that out. Okay, I will check right now. You want to talk about a CM Punk fan? Oh my God! Yes. Okay, I will. I will try to describe this. <laughs> he has best in the world, uh, best in tattooed on. I assume his his uh, left hand or right hand, because it's hard to tell with photos sometimes. And then the world tattooed on his other hand, so that way when you look at it side by side, best in the world are right next to each other. He has an X on one, and then he has. The CM Punk Chicago uh, flag on the other, and some stars. Wow, that is that is legit. He said, "Holy shit!" He told me, "Hey, because we don't know each other," and he's like, "You'll be sitting next to a real CM Punk fan." So, so he had two extra tickets. So my boy Will, I was, he's like, "Oh, I got a hundred seat," and I was like, "Well, he might have another ticket." So I hit him up for Will. Will bought his ticket, so it'll be me, Will, and Jeremy in the three seats. So that leaves me with two extra tickets. Frequent contributor uh, and so, uh, to the uh, show at Jason Jero. I was like, "Hey, dude, Yang, you do a lot for the show. You, uh, he's giving away prizes on the show." I was like, "Dude, tickets yours." So he got a ticket, and then um, uh, then my uh, my boy. Uh, Dude, why why is my name? Why am I blanking on names right now? My boy Josh, uh, uh, Josh Mead, he's been in a lot of shows with me in Jacksonville. And he was like, I was like, you want to go? And he was like, yep, I'll take it. 
And that's generally where I'm having. So just in our uh, six seats, we got Michigan, Illinois, Oklahoma, Virginia, and Maryland all represented. That'll all be watching the show. That's five different five different states just on our tickets. It's oh god, <laughs> dude! Like, well, like I said, when that thankfully that like thankfully when they put that show on though, and when they announced it, it worked out perfectly for me because I I start my new job literally the Monday after that show. So thank God it was on a Friday. Thank God it gave me enough time to get home and get situated so that way I can get ready to start working at my new job. So I it worked out where I could go, and then it was my sister's birthday gift. I was able to snag tickets. I tried for floor, but there was literally nothing. The closest I tried for was like uh, uh, facing the, the, the big screen, uh, like third third row I tried for and that didn't work and I saw this was going down a path where I just had to get something in the lower bowl which I did and thankfully it was like six row like a little bit off to the side of hard cam I think it's going to be really good though yes yeah, she was like you, you were like five or seven like 700 when you got in right I was yeah like 483 I think yeah I was plus 2000 yeah, I thought I, I had a, another decent shot of getting floor because I had a decent shot of getting floor for all out. I just got boned by Ticketmaster. I thought I was going to end up on the secondary market. I really did. I had pretty much when I was just I stay refreshing for 20 minutes because some payments don't go through and then they release tickets. And that's how I got in the hundreds. And then the six row ticket came. So I will tell everybody just keep refreshing it just because it doesn't happen in the first minute doesn't mean it's not going to happen. And then there were four pre-sale codes. So I unlocked all four pre-sale codes and was getting more slots that way. But I'll just tell anybody, it's just, it's, AEW's popularity is through the roof right now. Wrestling Observer Network uh, reported over 12,000 tickets were sold for this one event. And... I don't care what anybody says. It was based on based on Darby Allen's promo. Yeah, that was it. Like literally right afterwards, because all we got in that little time frame was them saying they're going to be in Chicago. It's called the first dance. The crowd was chanting CM Punk as the announcement was going on. We had the cut to Darby Allen and Sting in the back. He said his promo. People went nuts. There's your selling point. And I immediately just start seeing people on every wrestling group I saw. Hey, I'm going to Chicago. Hey, I'm going to Chicago. Mm-hmm. They, I, I heard everyone was like, oh, they were hoping, you know, the people in town were going to see it. Dude, like I said, we got what? I think we got seven tickets between offs, and that's five states. Can't, yeah. I can't believe I'm the only one going, going there. So I'm just saying. That's how crazy that show is going to be. I'm, like, so excited. I'm going to be there hours early, you know. I even say when I get on, I'm, I'm jumping on the plane. I'm going to get there. I'm going to take an Uber to Pro Wrestling Tees, and then I'm going to take the train to the United Center. And that's, you know, and I'll probably be there three, four hours before they let the door open because, yeah, CM Punk. CM Punk. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll talk more about that, too. Uh, yeah. I want to get started. Because, like I said, we got a lot to talk about. I want to get started on our preview for uh, Fight for the Fallen. Uh, But I will comment on that more because, like I said, my thoughts have changed recently. But we got to get into 
Fight for the Fallen, which took place uh, last Wednesday, which opened up with the five-on-five tag match between the Elite, which included AW champion Kenny Omega, tag champions Young Bucks, and the Impact champs Doc and Car- Doc Allis and Carl Anderson, facing off against Hangman Adam Page and the and the Dark Order, consisting of Evil Uno, Stu Grayson. And John Silver, and I think they're actually missing a name on here too. Yeah, they are. Uh, yeah, they're missing a name. There was somebody. Yes, uh, was in the uh, match too. Uh, this, uh, they only have four names on there. So it was the, the tag teams. It was Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, Alex John Reynolds, Silver and no, yeah, Alex yeah, Reynolds. Reynolds, and then Hangman. Yep. So they just didn't put Alex Reynolds. So like, hey, dot com, fix that. Don't show show some love to Alex Reynolds. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to say this. This may have been the greatest five-on-five entrance ever. Uh, My God. They always say, I always hear, that WWE has AEW on production value. That's like that's the one thing you're going to have to give it to production value. I have never had a five-on-five match feel like it meant as much as this five-on-five match. Absolutely. Like, I remember... Raw and SmackDown for like control of the company, right? That the one where Dolph Ziggler basically, you know, won the whole thing. So uh, Triple H and Stephanie had to resign. And I remember that. The McMahons had to resign. And I remember that. That didn't feel as big as this opening five on five elimination match. I'm talking the entrances. That, that Dark Order entrance. Like, they can never have a 5-on-5 match without coming out like that again. Yep. It's, it was just awesome. And then, oh, my God. So, like, the lights come up and, like, boom, boom. And they're wearing the purple cowboy mask. Oh, my God. I'm like, dude, I, that's how, I'm like, I think I'm going to dress as a member I'm a, as the, a, a member of the Cowboy Dark Order for Halloween. Because it was so fucking cool. It was just so cool. I'm like, there's not a lot of things, other ways I can describe it as it was really cool. Yeah, and the video package, too, beforehand showing yeah. about what it means to be a cowboy was so well done, too. God, you know, and, and it's funny. It's the biggest swerve because they did the package and how the uh, Dark Order came out. No way they're losing. No way oh, yeah. they're losing. Especially they, considering. They sold me. They did, yeah. Where it's like, this is their coming out party right here. This is where they're gonna make it huge. Uh, and then, like I said, like the elite did their their part too. I mean, they they came out full Tune Squad with like full out like number entrances and stuff like that. Had uh, y'all ready for this as their intro intro music too? As Matt, Nick, and Kenny played with basketballs, like oh, it was ridiculous. Yeah, and the Bulls entrance thing. And yes, now, exactly. and everybody was listed as six six. Did you notice that? Yeah, <laughs> even even the young bucks were listed as even six Doc six. Gallows. Yes, everybody was listed as six six. And then they did the only person that can say he's from North Carolina. Yep, uh, and that was Kenny Omega. I mean, this entrance, like I watch, I've watched the entrance three or four times, like twice on my TV. Because I got to tell you what happened later. And then once, like, on the YouTube thing, because it was just like, it was so well done. I, I've always, I'm a big, you know, the showmanship. I'm a Cody fan, so imagine that I'm, ba- I'm all into the showmanship of wrestling. 
But I always say big matches should feel big. This match felt big. It did, yeah. And the whole, the whole, like everybody got big moments in this match. Like that's the one thing everyone was able to get moments with this this massive five on five tag match. Um, but we'll we'll quickly move to the to the finish though because we might we got to talk about like just what this means now because of course going into this match, if the Dark Order and Hangman Adam Page lost this match, both the Dark Order and Hangman would lose their championship opportunities against the the elite champions with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. And the match was remaining with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus Hangman Adam Page. And this they had so many false finishes, it was crazy. But eventually, Kenny Omega hit the one-winged angel on Hangman after a pair of V-triggers on him. And also after uh, Kenny Omega kicked out of the dead eye. And Kenny Omega pins Hangman Adam Page. And Hangman and the Elite lose their match. Which came as a mega shock to us because we all had it in our minds that All Out was going to be the main event with Hangman versus Kenny for the AEW world title. And there's been a lot of altering factors that have caused plans to change it seems and the prevailing factor is the supposed incoming new talent that they don't want overshadowing hangman's rise to being AEW world champion for the first time we'll go to we'll go i'll go to floyd on this and i'll comment on the rest of it though okay floyd go ahead so i love this about AEW. even like four three or four months ago i was saying like some matches have been gotten too predictable and I knew what was going to happen in this match. And they went with the different result. And it's sometimes being different just to be different is bad. But this is the good kind of different. Why? Because it has fans talking and they want to know where it's going. You know, Hangman losing is leading more entrance into the shows. It's not like other places where if the right guy doesn't win every time, people are like, oh, I'm not watching next week. People want to know. Who Kenny is wrestling it all out now that Hangman is out? I thought everybody had a good showing. I thought they did a good job with John uh, John Silver getting the heat. He was one of the last people with him, and it was just like they did everything to set up like Hangman was going to win because it was him versus three people, and you just thought he was going to buckshot everybody and pull it out. And then you know he got one out, and then he just lost because. He was in there with the best wrestlers in the world, and it was a very logical story. But I put out, I don't tweet a lot from All Things Elite. So when I tweet something from All Things Elite, I mean what I'm saying. I want to get try to get more eyes on it because I want to know what our people are thinking. So I tweeted out, and Austin probably saw this. I, tweet, I did? I'm okay with the hangman not being in the main event of All Out, if it's true. And I always say if it's true, because AEW really doesn't do leaks, so this is all, you know, speculation. I don't want Hangman's title win to be overshadowed by debut in Punk. I truly think that would be the case. Let me know if you disagree. Now, this wasn't something that I came up with after Hangman lost. I've been saying this. Because everyone has been saying, well, CM Punk's going to debut it all out. CM Punk's going to do this or whatever. And I was like, uh, 
if CM Punk debuts it all out and Hangman wins the title, all anyone's going to be talking about is what, Austin? It's that's oh sorry I it's gonna be it's punk the ret- yeah, return it's to be- punk yeah the ESPN is gonna lead it with the return of punk on the front of Bleacher Report they're gonna be talking about the return of punk Hangman will be a memorable moment for everyone there and AEW fans from the beginning but it won't be the star making vehicle it's supposed to be so with me I said it made more sense Full Gear that's the pay per view named after the Hangman. Named after the show, you know, you know, trying to get full gear ready was Hangman's thing. So if he goes into full gear, the pay-per-view where he lost to Kenny last year, wrestles Kenny and beats Kenny, it's kind of wraps a bow on it. And I also have this conflicting because I really love Kenny Omega's title run right now. Has there been like super duper matches? You know, of course, because it's Kenny Omega. But the heel work he's doing, it's making you want Hangman. So I think denying people what they want a little bit is great. You know, I, I, I as a New Japan fan for the last few years, I had to sit through the plight of Naito. And when he finally won, it was just like this exhale, this excitement, this release that he finally won. So it's something to denying people that instant gratification you know yeah so and a lot of us also thought with the cm punk returns too and how they we knew that there was going to be a show in chicago and we what our minds went to first was that they were going to do cm punk debuting at either the rampage or dynamite the the days before all out and then he would like maybe appear at all out as like uh announcing a match or something or like having a match but that that would help not shine away from Hangman's title match. And then when they had showed the AW Rampage show, the first dance at the United Center, then we were like, everyone's like, that's the show CM Punk's going to. So then everyone's like, okay, well now it makes even more sense for Hangman to have his match against Kenny at, at All Out. Things have been flying a lot more where it wasn't as predictable for us to figure out what's going on. But what I will say is that for those that are thinking like they've 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 screwed up the storyline, it was perfect. They just they just dropped the ball on it. No 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 no. Because Hangman is still ungodly over, regardless of the fact Kenny Omega as AW champion is not stale yet. He's still doing incredible work. They are going to give us this match. We just don't know when. And honestly, like as much as I wish I could have been at the match where Hangman won the title for the first time, because I would have loved it if all that was the case for that, um, I I would I wouldn't lie if I preferred CM Punk being the return that I was actually there for because I'm a mark for this guy. But regardless of the fact, don't fret on this. I think it's okay for them to make us wait for it. And also, I like the idea that like with external factors that they that they know would overshadow something that they want to be seen as mega important and they want to get over with the proper amount of fanfare. I like the idea that they're moving around stuff so that way that it still means it means a lot when it happens for both the returns and the debuts and for the new champion in Hangman. Yep, Hangman was the first wrestler that they introduced at uh, first wrestler that they introduced as a part of AEW at the uh, press conference. 
So that being said, when he finally gets that title, it needs to be the most important thing in that company that day. Nothing needs to be seen as more important than that. Yes. We then had a small backstage promo with the Bastard Pack being like, asking him, where was the Lucha Brothers? It's like, someone canceled their car at the airport, so they're not here right now. Andrade, Alidolo, and Chavo Guerrero show up and say, uh, we actually booked the Lucha Bros a limo instead, so we're making sure they're riding in style. So once again, we have them trying to you, you lure... See, you saw a little bit more of that heel Chavo as he, he was did. describing what a limo was to Pac like he was stupid. It was hilarious. Yes, absolutely, and it, wor- it worked well, and we see... Andrade and Chavo trying to lure the Lucha Bros away from Pac. This, see, now we're getting to it where it's like this storyline is going to be. I, I'm already enjoying this just from the start because I like this idea. Um, but this was a short little backstage promo. Let's get into Ricky Starks' celebration because this could have been done on YouTube. Yeah. I mean,. I understand they get a lot on the show, but it was like at least the celebration kind of could have started. But it was like they played when the Saints go marching in. He was in the middle ring. Brian Cage came down pretty much immediately. I mean, Ricky Ricky Starks was cooking him. That that promo. (laughs) They said they tried to give you a little charisma by you putting me next to you, and that still didn't work. I cracked up because yeah. Dude, yeah, Ricky's got got mic skills for sure and I, I I dig the way that he carries himself and how him on the mic, I like he sets himself apart from the other like cocky arrogant heels that AEW has on their roster just by the way he talks and the way that he carries himself, I feel like. Yeah, definitely. Uh he has a charisma. He has that it factor. He the way he dresses is very heelish. The way he kind of talks is very heelish. So it's just he has the persona down. And like I said, he cooked he cooked uh, Brian Cage before. Yes. But despite the fact that that we love we're loving Ricky's on uh, Ricky's mic work. This segment was kind of it didn't really need to be on Dynamite. I felt like it could have been on Dark or it could have been on Dark Elevation. Dark Elevation, I think, would have been fine with it. And I think it's just because, like, I don't think a lot of people are really fully invested in this storyline. Partly because one, it's over a championship that like isn't officially recognized in AEW, which is still kind of a weird area for it to be in. Also, because I think fans aren't really fully behind Brian Cage. I think they're starting to grow on Ricky Ricky Starks, but at least for Brian Cage, I don't know if like him as a babyface is something that fans are fully invested in. And then like just it's it's been an issue with Team Taz where it's just like they've seemed kind of more of an afterthought, which is a shame. But I like I said, I hope that like Ricky comes out of this as like a big star because I think he's got the most potential uh to succeed in a story like this just because of how he's been presented and i honestly hope that brian shows himself to be a, a, a very cool very badass baby face um but right now it's just i don't think the the feelings on this uh feud are very strong yeah uh yeah it, it, it's a little side feud leading to something else but Yes. That's what I think. It's like a side thing, but it is leading to something. We just don't know what it is. Probably because they even said uh, Big Hobbs was off recruiting. So it looks like they might have a new member of Team Taz soon. Maybe. 
but we'll see what that is exactly. We then had a video announcement of fucking Hiroshi Tanahashi of New Japan Pro Wrestling announcing how he's been many things in in New Japan, just never IWGP US champion. And he was going to challenge the winner of the New Japan IWGP US title match that is happening on this episode of, of Dynamite. And that would be happening in New Japan. Uh, I believe in a, I didn't know if they gave a date yet, but Hiroshi Tanahashi is ta- challenging for the U.S. title for it's New Japan. It's going to be August 14th at New Japan Resurgence in L.A. Okay, well, there you go. That's pretty freaking huge because... I mean, yeah, yeah, it was. It the was. Ace is challenging for a title he's never challenged for, and it's going to be in the U.S. It let the air out of me a little bit because I was like, Hiroshi Tanahashi is going to be on Dynamite. Nope. Yeah, he's he's going to be on the New Japan show uh, against the winner of the uh, winner of the uh, I, uh, what U.S. title match that was yes. scheduled for later. Yes, but hey, never know. The Forbidden Door is insane like that. Maybe he'll show up. Who knows. <laughs> But I, I mean, I think he could be a trial of Jericho. It's possible. But yeah. Regardless <laughs> of the fact, though, it's very cool to see him, though. Very cool to see him. Next, however, we have to talk about Santana and Ortiz versus FTR in tag team competition. We can't really get much into the match, really, because it 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 got bad uh, pretty quickly. Because unfortunately, uh, Cash Wheeler got severe, like. Well, got hurt pretty badly to the point where they rushed the finish and just quickly had Dax drop Ortiz uh, with uh, with a brain buster to win the match, and they quickly rolled out of the ring to sh- like, and we briefly saw that uh, Cash's hand, like by his wrist or his lower lo- his uh, lower arm, was sliced pretty good, and so, no one really knew what happened. So let me tell you my story of this match. The dream match. You know, it was after the Bucks and FTR that I was happened to be there for. Uh, the dream match was Proud and Powerful versus uh, FTR. These basically one and two, one and three. When it comes to tag teams, I love them so much, so it kind of gets jumbled. FTR is one, definitely, and everybody else is close after that. Well, I'm, like, waiting on this match. So mad I can't get to North Carolina. I, I mean, I get I'm, I work while a dynamite's on. I make sure everything's caught up so I can give this match my full attention. They go into the call and elbow tie up. They do about three moves, and my direct TV cuts out. Oof! And you want to know the worst part? What? Only on that channel. Only that channel? I could go to ESPN. Fine. NBC. Fine. The oh channel before. God. Fine. Channel after, fine. It finally comes back on. I see Cash Wheeler literally holding his arm, running over to the medical, and then the next move, and then the match is over. That's all I saw of the match. That's all I saw of the match in the live. I did go back and watch the West Coast feed, but I had to tell this story because no one, I will say no one outside of FTR and Proud and Powerful was anticipating this match like me, and I literally missed it. Aww. And all I saw was the horrible ending. I was like, "A break? That, that's a terrible ending." And then you know you see Cash getting irked. Up. Oh, they had to. They had to. Oh, go! I was like, okay, so they had to do that. And then 
apparently, like I watched it later. It was about a 12 minute match. Personally, and I have to be this is talking about me. For my style of tag team wrestling I liked, it was a really good to great 10 to 12 minutes, right? But if you look at the audience and what they like, they were not into this match. No. They did not. One thing I thought was weird. This is in Charlotte, North Carolina. Crockett country, right? For the old school wrestling fans. Who is the old school tag team? FTR. They're from where? Both of them. North Carolina. Yeah. How was this not driven home more before the match? I I really don't know, honestly. This seemed like the kind of match that would lend itself more to this type of crowd. Yeah. So I was like, why didn't they drive home that these North Carolina boys get proud and powerful in a home game? You know, why wasn't that, you know, pushed? And, you know, I wouldn't say them working face. I wouldn't have did that. But they maybe could have played to the crowd a little bit more because they're at home. And I just thought there were some things fundamentally done that, you know, could have added more excitement to the match. And like I said, it was a solid match. And that's as far as I'll go. It was was a solid match. And, of course, shit happens. Uh, The way it was said is uh, when Cash got knocked off the ropes, which was a part of what was supposed to be happening on the Power and Glory thing, his arm got caught between uh, like the sharp parts of the turnbuckle and literally cut him deep. And that's why he was gushing blood. He didn't break his arm. I know some people thought that. He did not. Yeah, some people thought they could see blood. I mean, see a bone, but it was just just, the paper towels and stuff. Yeah, it was just, he was just bleeding really bad. So they stitched him up. He he messaged it out the next day, but we still won. Uh, Dax, Dax apparently online weren't really feeling this match and i thought he did he thought he did better he's like maybe tag team wrestling has passed me by and i was like don't say that that, sir it's just some people you're gonna go out there and put on wrestling and it's 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 kind of hard to follow follow that five on five match like there was no rest holds in that five on five match there was jumping off the top rope uh there was you went to the outside. Uh, you went to the outside, and I think it was, uh, I forgot who it was. Uh, I, I, no, it was Stu, because Stu Grayson was nuts in this match. And he got counted out jumping off of something on the outside of the ring. And it was just, it was a very exciting match that was into. So to then come back, and really the next full match, you have a real wrestling match with a chin lock it's you got to know your audience at this point and you know that's about as close to bad as i'm ever gonna say about ftr yeah, don't man. think i don't think there was any audience awareness there it, it's like you needed santana and, and personally this is not somebody that is a worker so this is me talking completely as a fan this is completely as a fan I feel like you needed Santana to throw Dax out of the ring and go jump on top of him, like jump over the top ropes and jump on top of him to get the fans into it. Because it, it, there was never that moment, that spot to get the fans out of, out of their feet. I don't know if you yeah. agree or not. I think, yeah. But again, also, I think 
there was, I, it felt like that night for them that just there was a bit. It seemed like nothing was going right for them because I think there might have been a couple points in the match where like there was a bit of a like maybe some like miscommunication and like some some spots maybe looked a little bit more sloppy than they should have been. They weren't botches, but just a little bit more like like a little less con- concise with the with the with the moves. And like I said, Cash got hurt. It was awful. Thank God he's okay because um, it, it was scary to see when we first saw it. But it just seemed like that was a night where nothing could go right for these guys, which unfortunately can happen, I think, in just any line of work. We're just like, sometimes shit just doesn't add up. And like it makes no sense as to why everything's going wrong, but things just are going and, wrong. And because of the injury, the ending was flat. Yeah, it I was mean, just a simple brain buster. buster. And it was like... Okay. And everyone was like, what the hell? Why did that happen? And then they yeah. found out why because they saw Cash bleeding on the outside. So, yeah, I can't wait to see this match again. Hopefully, yes. I can be in the building for it. But I can say it was just like, you know, there was some stuff left on the table. My boys, I I, I just think they have to kind of recognize their audience and what they're coming on after. I mean, that, yeah. I mean, seriously, that five on five match was like an all star game. You can't then come back and play possession offense after that. Nobody wants to see that. Yeah. Just saying. I'm not saying change your style completely. Like, no. uh, uh, a proud and powerful could have took the big, you know, and that's in their style. They could have did the big exciting thing on top of FDR. But, and they're still the baby face. And they're so still they, the ba- baby face. And then, you know, put their hands, it part, uh, it, it put your hands up and get the crowd into it because it, they just needed that spark. And we've known with an AEW fan, once you spark them, that fire stays lit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's just, no, and I think, that's I just think, my I know think, nothing. I'm clearly saying this. I know nothing. Two cents. So Dak or Dax or <laughs> Dax or Cash, if you're listening to this, I'm admitting I don't know shit. It's just me as a fan saying what I feel would have gotten fans back into your match. But regardless of the fact, these I we I think both of us agree this match needs to happen again just so that they can right the wrong that happened. And because we know the next time these guys get in the ring together, they're gonna kill it. But absolutely. This, yes. We then had a small interview with Tony with Tony Schiavone interviewing Dr. Britt Baker DMD, the AW women's champion. And basically she goes after and says everyone's gunning for me and rebel and it's appropriate that we need to uh let you guys know uh we need to get somebody here that'll always have my back you're hold you're ho- you're holding my you're holding your breath to uh have me fail so you better be prepared to suffocate and it was just basically a, co- a short little promo going after her haters. We don't really have a confirmation of what her next opponent's going to be for her next title defense. Um, so we, it was just a short little promo to get the AEW Women's Champion some title, some TV time. So And, and Britt is super over, and even her interviews are getting better, mm-hmm. and they're giving you something to look forward to. A big thing on wrestling, any wrestling, give me, some, give me a reason to tune in next week. And they're doing a good job yes, of it. Okay, I, I, th- I thought I almost, I thought I almost lost you there. Thankfully, I didn't. But we're, I'm still here. Okay. Well, 
Moving into the next thing, though, was the announcement of the first dance AEW Rampage at Chicago in the United Center, which will tell you again, once again, as soon as they said that CM Punk chants ran throughout the building, Darby Allen and Sting got interviewed immediately afterwards. Darby talking about there's only one place for people to prove themselves, and that's in AEW, for all challengers alike, even those who call themselves the best in the world. Mega pop, and now I will share with you my inner demons going through this uh, this revelation and all these teases because there was more later in the night too. I went from being a guy who said like, "Yes, these are reputable sources." I still don't believe CM Punk is coming back to wrestling. You can't, even if it's reputable sources, it's hard to trust it. Even if it's from sources that you can you can trust and you can uh, say that they're being they're being uh, re- uh, re- reputable and stuff like that, to oh my god, I think he's actually coming back, and I don't think I'm going to be able to emotionally handle myself when it happens. So I got tickets for Rampage because of that. And again, my sister got them. She's amazing. My parents are amazing for getting them for her birthday and letting me tag along. Um. I, I have no comment, basically, on the whole CM Punk thing, because I've been denying it, like I said, repeatedly. And now it's kind of come to the point where the company itself is teasing it, and I can't really argue against that. Them teasing it, it themselves is insane. I will say, if they're teasing it, and they're doing all these nods to CM Punk, and he doesn't show up, I think a lot of fans will be upset. No, no, no. I will go as far as my wrestling group says it. They have leaned into it so much. At this point, if CM Punk is not at the show, it is a WWE false advertising yeah. baiting switch. Exactly. Like, I mean, so, it, 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 it needs it, to happen at this point. It's Darby Allen might as well CM Punk. I'm going to call CM Punk out of the show. He might as well said that because that is how people treated it. And it is not what you say. It is how people interpret it. People yeah. interpret it as... CM Punk's going to be there that night. I am going into town. I am flying into Chicago that day to watch CM Punk debut. That's the only reason. If you could come out and have the hangman come out in the last second, challenge Kenny Omega, lay him, and win the title, and CM Punk doesn't come out, I'm still pissed. That's how it's got to happen at this point. It's if you're leaning happen. into it, if you're leaning into it this much, and again, there was another tease later in the show. Um, if you're leaning into it this much, and you're doing the wink, wink, nudge, nudge with it, you got to deliver. You got to pull the trigger now. Yeah. Now, now you've now you've let the fans know that uh, the rumors are most likely true because yes. you're acknowledging them. He did an interview, and they asked him about Daniel Bryan. Every time something's not the case, Tony Khan says, no, that's not the case. You know, he denied so many different people. He's like, I haven't even talked to Zelina Vega is what he said. You know, when and he never hesitates. When he said, I will not comment on CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, he said, what we heard is CM Punk and Daniel Bryan are signed with AEW. Yes, and then when <laughs> Darby Allen and later MJF said stuff, we knew CM Punk was going to be at this show. Yeah. And that he was coming to AEW. And me saying that, like my body is starting to shake saying that. I don't know what's going to happen to me, honestly, dude. Like I, I like if I can get real with you right now, dude, like I, I have not emotionally prepared myself for the idea of, of, of or the moment 
of CM Punk returning to wrestling. It's been seven years. Dude. He is my favorite of all time. I don't know what I'm going to do. I said I'm going to cry. I I probably will. I'm not going to be able to control myself. I promise you that. I'm going to be a mess. I am going to be shaking and jumping up and down and so excited. Literally the minute it went on sale, I I got off my phone, went into my closet and found my CM Punk shirt. And I was Got like, my jacket right here. Yeah, and I was like, I am ready for this event. I am ready like no other. I am more excited for this show than I am for All Out. And you know how excited I am for All Out. Seriously? Yeah, I am just like, I'm on pins and needles. I don't know how they'll do it. I don't know if they'll have In Living Color. Uh, In Living Color and CM Punk both followed AEW on Twitter this week. That was actually news. That is how exciting this man's name is. The fact that in Living Color, the band tagged, I mean, followed AEW was news. It was news re- wrestling sites were That's reporting. That's what happens when a guy like that fucking retired in his prime and is such a, like, for lack of a better term, cult of personality, leaves wrestling for years. Like I said, it was literally on the level of when Bret Hart first came back to WWE in 09. Like it's 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 genuinely fucking massive. Yeah. So this is this is on another level. Uh, this is this is the debut. This is the one Tony has been talking about since the beginning. This was the guy he wanted from day one when he was imagining what AEW would be. The guy he wanted was CM Punk. That was it. CM Punk was pre Cody, pre the Bucks, pre Kenny Omega. Pre-Chris Jericho, the first guy he wanted to sign was CM Punk. Everything else fell into place like it did. So it's, yeah, I don't like, I'm, this is not going to be a CM Punk show. But, you know, Austin, hardcore CM Punk fan. Me, hardcore CM Punk fan. I Like I said, I went back to WrestleMania 30 because I thought CM Punk was going to be there and I was going to finally meet him. I, I literally, he did a, a signing at uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. I remember I work at night getting up in the morning and staying up until tickets went on sale because I didn't want a chance to miss CM Punk. You know, God, dude, and those, yeah. and those pro wrestling tees ticket tickets for him, the meeting green sold out so, so fast. Yes, I did not want to miss that. So I stayed up like an extra six hours to make sure I got tickets. We are huge CM Punk marks. This is not just like, oh, CM Punk's the hot name right now. No, I would be this side excited if CM Punk was going to WWE. I oh would be this excited if CM Punk was going to Impact. If he was going to be at MLW, I would have made sure I was at that show if I had enough time. Whatever company he went to was immediately going to be my new favorite wrestling company. And that's not even a joke. Yeah. And that's how CM Punk is with me. It's just like, it's like, I I can't help but be excited and mark out over this because Phil Brooks, I love that man. He is the epitome of cool. You know what I mean? Even when he's an asshole, he's still kind of cool when he does it. So it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited about this. And someone asked me, who do you love more, CM Punk or Cody? I probably wouldn't be as big a Cody fan if CM Punk didn't retire. Because CM Punk was my guy. And yeah. then he retired. And, I mean, that's what happened. And then I had to find another guy. <laughs> you know, and it was like... 
I would still think that you're a bigger Cody fan, though, I would think. At this point in time, I'm, I'm a bigger Cody fan. I, I dove into the Cody, and then I've met him so many times, and we, we built this somewhat rapport. We're not friends. I'm not one of those people. We're not friends, but we've built a rapport. That's, that's Tiffany's <laughs> role. Yeah, well, she actually knows him, you know. That's yeah, her exactly. friend. No, I am I am the Cody Mark. I got the picture of him on my phone. He recognizes me when we come up there. But I'm just a fan. You know what I mean? CM Punk probably would have been that if, you know, he didn't retire. So that's what I'm just saying. It's just like sure. domino effects of how wrestling fandom works. You usually yeah. have your guy. And Punk, at that time, when he went away, was my guy. It was like... I don't really want to watch Raw right now because every Raw I was hoping that cult of personality would turn off. Every Raw. When yeah, there was when, the one time it did and then Paul Heyman came yeah, out. Yeah, and then I was at WrestleMania 30 and I was just hoping CM Punk did anything. At 31, every WWE show for about four years, even if they hadn't mentioned it, at, I was hoping CM Punk would show up. You know, so... Yeah. It, 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 this is it, it, this is great for me. All right. Well, enough with the CM Punk talk. We'll get into the IWGP US title match between the champion Murderhawk Monster Lance Archer versus debuting Hikaleu of Bullet Club with Haku King Haku. You want to talk? So- you want to talk about overshadowing? <laughs> That, I'm so sorry to delay you. I think more people were excited to see Haku than you. I'm yes. sorry. And then I, it didn't feel like they gave him enough in the match. They did. No, I was going to argue that severely. Like, honestly, like, I think Hikaleu is great. And I love I love him and the Tongas. Like, there might like, people go to JY. It's like the Tongas and Hikaleu, like, th- like, everybody in that area are my favorite members of the Bullet Club. Like, honest to God, like, like now that the elite are no longer a part of it, this era of Bullet Club, they are my favorites. No question about it. All those three together. And I will lump Haku in there just because it's their dad. But I'm telling you, I was disappointed that he didn't get more to shine with. Like, obviously, I knew he wasn't going to win. It was the first defense of Lance's new title reign with it. But I thought they'd give him at least a little bit more since this was his first time on Dynamite. Like, he got a little bit of spots of, like, looking big because he's a big guy compared to Lance. Like, like he actually, like, comes up to stature with Lance and stuff like that. But I I wish he got more. And I, never thought, I, I never thought Lance was in trouble. No, I didn't yeah. either. I never thought there was a point where, like, where Hikaleu really could have pulled this off and, like, Maybe maybe you could have done that with Haku getting involved and, like, trying to do something. Like, yeah, I would have wished that Hikaleu looked a little bit more strongly, uh, like, favored at some certain points. But at least it would have been like, oh, my God, Haku screwed could, – could screw Lance out of the title. But regardless, like, while the match was fine, I wanted more from it. Mainly so I could see more of Hikaleu do stuff. Yeah, because I've – Liked what I've seen from Hikaleu, but it's been very base, and it felt like that's what this, uh, that's what this match was. It was very basic, and Lance Archer was the clear. I knew he was going to clearly win, but it just felt like they could have gave Hikaleu a lot more. Maybe let him hit a big spot or two to make you think Lance Archer was going to be down, and then didn't. I just, I just, this match was to me, this match was just there. 
Yes. And like we know now that Lance Archer will defend it against Hiroshi Tanahashi, which will be great, and that'll be in New Japan. But like I love seeing Haku. Seeing Haku alone made this mo- this match worth it for me. Because that's my fucking dude. That man choked me out, and he's amazing. And I know those two sentences don't really make sense. Trust me. It was amazing. Um, and he also, when he was fighting Simon Miller, he pushed me out of the way to make sure uh, to ke- keep things under control. Mainly because he, did, I don't think he knew it was a work. He thought it was legit. Um, but he pushed me out of the way, and I thought my bo- my soul left my body when I felt his presence on my fucking back. Like, dude, I'm te- when I tell you that Haku nearly killed me twice, and I'm pretty sure he did kill me twice, I'm just like a presence, and like no one's acknowledged me as a ghost yet because Haku just won't let it happen. I swear. But... Again, I just wish Hikaleu had more, honestly. That's all I have, really, with this match. Yeah, that's all I have. We can move on to the next one at this point. We had Cody being interviewed by Marvez backstage. And before he could even really get into anything, talking about his match with Malachi Black next week, he got ambushed by Malachi, and they fought themselves all the way out to the entrance ramp. And then after Malachi knocked Cody out, he said, Welcome to the House of Black. Yeah. Good catch. And it was uh, it was a gift, the, probably the most gift moment I've seen this uh, week. Uh, Alistair Black's foot straight to the face. Like most of the time, when people run up on you, they punch you in the face. It was straight dress shoe to the face, <laughs> so Cody. Yeah, dress dress yeah. shoe to the face. And then you know, like uh, even Tony kind of jumped off the way. Tony was on TV for like three seconds. And yeah, and then Alistair Black did, I mean, or Malachi Black, I'm going to do that a lot, I promise. Uh, and yeah, and it built some heat for their match next week. Cody versus, Coley versus Black. Um, and again, sticking with the thing, everything makes sense. Cody's in an all-white suit. I've, I've, I don't think we've ever seen Cody in the same suit two weeks in a row, no. like ever. But sticking with the, the with the gimmick, he's in the all-white suit. Black was in the all-black suit. I, 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 st- I think we might get some special entrances next week, especially of being in Jacksonville. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm excited for this match all the way around. I am as well. Speaking of a match that uh, should be a lot of fun, uh, we're going to get a TNT championship appearance because Miro will be facing Lee Johnson next week as he had a short little promo basically calling him out and saying you'll be facing God's favorite champion. Um, I think they confirmed it is for the TNT title. Um, I'm just happy we get Miro defending the title. Like Miro continuing to look dominant is what I want. It makes the TNT title so much fun to watch when Miro's just like holding it hostage. Um, and he's just so much fun to watch. The so. re- Redeemer, God's favorite champion. I think now that I kind of see, because you got to think a step ahead with AEW to try to keep sure. up with AEW, I think it's going to lead to him versus Dustin at All Out. I believe it. So that's what I think might, uh, that's what I think will eventually happen. Uh, I might be wrong, yeah. but. I mean, I, it, I, I can't predict honestly because I'm not good at that kind of stuff. But I do think like that makes a lot of sense since he yeah. is taking on a member of the of the nightmare. Family. Maybe he goes a little too far with Lee Johnson, and Dustin has to step in, and that leads to the next match. There you go. Uh, we'll move really quickly on to uh, six away a six man tag match between Hardy Family office members, Private Party, and and Helico of TH2 versus. 
Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, and Christian Cage. This match was fun. I don't think it really had much that, like, like, like going for it necessarily. I think I might have still been buzzing from CM Punk because I barely remember this match. Yes, because, like, I think the thing is, like, it continues a little bit of the feud with Christian and Matt Hardy as, like, he's sending his boys after him and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are doing stuff together. And, of course, they got into fights where Matt Hardy was sending his boys after Jungle Boy. Um, and it was fun. I think it didn't really, like, wow me or anything like that. It was a fair dynamite tag match, six-man tag, uh, where Christian Cage got the win for his team. And then the Blade sucker punched him with brass knuckles. The Blade, once again, continuing to interfere with a bunch of stuff. He's just He seems to be all over the place recently. Um, but this this was this was serviceable, I think. This was a, a, a decent di- uh, dynamite match um, with some cool spots and just... Uh, like with people that are over like jungle boy luchasaurus and christian cage yeah absolutely and uh yeah and i think you know uh we'll be we'll talk about this right after a review as the two pieces to wrap up the review but i think it's gonna lead the big things for christian cage yes next we had thunder rosa my girl versus julia hart in a singles oper- in singles match, Julia Hart of the Varsity Blondes, of course. Uh, this was a nice... I mean, this was the token one women's match, but it's also of Thunder Rosa, who was recently officially signed to AEW, so we get to continue... Her first match? Woohoo! Yeah, her first match since she she has been officially signed. And they, so, and they announced it on her birthday. That was kind of cool. Did. Yeah, That's actually really cool, honestly. Um, And I gotta say, too, despite the fact that she's only, like... 19 years old julia hart has a lot of upside i think uh just off top i think she's got uh some i, I think she's got potential um i i will say thunder rosa at this point like she i see her being the first person to like really like fully like be the person that like could possibly take the title off of Britt baker and again continuing their feud their feud has been so good that uh i'm salivating at the chance that thunder rosa gets at the aw women's championship against Britt. yeah this is uh what i'm talking about what every match means something a, a, a throwaway match between thunder rosa and julia hart and everybody's like why are they having this match on tv blah 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 thunder rosa now you've seen thunder rosa wasn't signed so a lot of her matches were on Dark and Dark Elevation. Now she's signed, and her first match after being signed is on Dynamite. They are announcing to the world, to their fan base, that she might not be next, but she's coming soon. Yeah, and she's not just like a, a guest star from the NWA who's been working with us and been cool having us use some of their talent. Um, she is actually now an official AEW superstar, a wrestler. And she will be here, and she is going to do big things here. So Yeah, and now that you're a part, you're going to get bigger spots. Because her yes. biggest spot was she had the big match, the lights-out match yes. with Britt, and, you know, not an official match. You know, she wasn't on the roster, not an official match. And then she kind of wasn't on TV a lot. But now this is like, okay, she's back. You need to know this face because it's going to mean something soon. Yes, and I think Julia does have some upside too. It's just going to take some time. Yeah, she's—I mean, she's she's a three or four year she, project. Yeah, you know, and she's still super yeah, young too. Yeah, yeah, she's—I mean, I think she's nineteen. I think yeah, that's she's what. The, yeah, she's she's a young girl in AEW. As you know, the young boys in New Japan, she's a young girl. 
she's probably going to lose a lot in the next two or three years as she gets better in the ring. They build her up and then they get ready to push her. But now you've seen her face and she's familiar to the uh the uh, crowd and the AEW fan base. Yes. But now we have to talk about the main event, the second labor in the five labors of Jericho, the no rules match between the pain maker, Chris Jericho and Nick fucking gauge. It's uh, this, three letters. This, oh my God. That's all I can say about this. MDK match. all day. This was everything we expected i think we were just wondering is he gonna do everything we expect he did everything we expect this this was fucking insane this was incredibly violent like had insane spots jericho got the shit kicked out of him mdk had multiple light tubes smashed over his head the pizza cutter got used which led to some little bit of outside the show controversy with how the first fucking ad after he brought the pizza cutter out and used it was a Domino's ad, which honestly, it's like, I don't know how much of a coincidence that really was. Cause honestly, I think there's something to that. And Domino's didn't like that. And they were like, no, nah, we, we take a stand. And then wrestling fans were like, nah, fuck you Domino's. We like pizza Hut. or, oh uh, no, we like this pizza company. You're no longer the pizza company for AEW. I, I, I want to make this clear on my post. I hated Domino's before hating Domino's was cool. I was always a Pizza Hut guy. And also, <laughs> I'm from Michigan, so I think we're, you're contractually obligated to like Little Caesars since uh, the Illiches own pretty much almost all the uh, Detroit teams, except for the Pistons and the Lions. So, when I, yeah, I, th- oh, I think we're contractually allowed, I mean, ob- obliged to have to like Little Caesars pizza. I, I prefer gourmet, like gourmet pizza. We have this place called Hideaway. Uh, it's a restaurant, and they like wood fire ovens and all that stuff, and it's the sure. best pizza in the world. That is my preference. But if I want something quick, or my wife really wants some breadsticks, we go Pizza Hut. Uh, she used to get Domino's when I wasn't here because I'm a, not a Domino's <sighs> person. I, I mean, if you say, I "Hey," bet she changed her mind now. Uh, it, it, that it, it's so hilarious when she would order Domino's pizza. I would order wings because I really. Don't like Domino's Pizza. This is like been for years. I'm like, I can show you old Facebook posts where I don't eat Domino's Listen, Pizza. <laughs> all, I gotta, all I gotta say is this little spot gave Domino's more advertisement, uh, like publicity than them for some reason bringing back the Noid from the 90s. Dude, Trust I'm just me, saying. Man. The Noid was not even that good of an ad marketing scheme back then. Dude, you have Nick Gage coming to a Domino's. With his little bandana on and try to rob him for the pizza. And they give him a job. They give him a job as a pizza cutter. Boom. Just so he doesn't kill them. Yeah. Just so they're like, okay, instead of robbing us, how much how about you work for your pizza? And they give him a job as a pizza cutter. And he looks in the screen and says, Hey, I'm really good with these. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Done. There you go. There's the money. The wrestling fans would eat that up. Yep, and instead you got like whole high and mighty vibes. So yeah, shame on you. But getting off of that though, the match itself was fucking insane. Like this was 
arguably more violent than the exploding death match. Oh, it was absolutely more violent and more blood anyway. Yeah, well, severely, yeah. But yeah, the exploding barbed wire death match, like, while it had more, like, with the, like, the, of course, the explosions, like, at least before the final one. The the barbed wire explosives, though, were, were well done, I gotta say. If you, uh, and, if you don't like this type of match, let you know. Oh, let me be yes. the first to tell you. It's okay. This is was not for me. This wasn't. I watched. I would say too. I, watched, I love Nick Gage, but I want this to be his only appearance on AEW. Yeah, I watched this because I do this show. <laughs> Otherwise, it would have probably just been on the background. But I wanted to intelligently talk about it, and yeah, it was it was a death match. Death matches aren't my thing, so I'm not going to bury it. It's just not my thing. No, but. Regardless, uh, of fact, shout out to the Chris Jericho, probably one of the highest paid people on the roster. Uh, one of the first signees, dude's 50 years old. He's done everything in wrestling. He didn't have to do any of this shit. And yes. he went out there and wrestled a real death match. I tip my hat to you, Mr. Chris the- Jericho. Yeah, it's 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 I, I I have nothing but for respect for you to do that. Like probably close to the twilight of his career. Like, for him to do something like this, like, that's insane, like, honestly. But we then had MJF quickly announce the third labor of Jericho. But he also said at the start of the his little promo, Chris, as you sit there in more pain than you've ever been in your entire life, I need you to listen to me. And my head just went, huh? And then I just had, like, a full-on That's So Raven flashback, and I heard in my head, John Cena, while you lay there, hopefully as uncomfortable as you possibly can be, I want you to listen to something. And I was like, oh my god, now he's doing it. So, listen y'all, AEW, that's two now, in one show. And this trigger now, they make get, it happen. They absolutely get it. They get what wrestling fans want. That was amazing. That was such a great nod, and like, for a mega fan like me, who knows that promo back, front to back, I caught it instantly. So I'm 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 I can't I can't talk about this all the time, dude. I'm gonna be up all night. I can't. It's gonna control my life. I just need I just need August twentieth to come. Yeah, I was gonna say only for twenty this, days, brother. I need brother. this feeling out of my body because <sighs> yeah. the weight is killing me. Yes. Only but, two more dynamites and then or or well three, technically. Yes, exactly. Okay. But regardless, uh Floyd I, I want to throw it to you, actually. I want you to announce, well, say what uh, MJF announced was labor number three. Hey, labor number three is a person I have met at a very small gym in Oklahoma City. Well, in Oklahoma. It wasn't Oklahoma City. Uh, back from the WCW Times Cruiserweight Division, Chris Jericho had a rivalry with, uh, I forgot what he called him. He used to make fun of his name. But... By the end of his time at WCW, you could call, refer to him as two things. The Juice, Juventud Guerrera. Oh, my God. The Hoovy Driver, baby. Uh, it was so funny. If you go back and you can watch some old WCW, he, he, was, he was, like, playing the rock. He was like, finally, The Juice has come back to Atlanta. It was so funny. I just loved it because he has such a deep accent. You almost couldn't hear it, but you know what he was trying to do. Uh, Juventud Guerrera, for the first time in 20-something years, 
he is going to be back on TNT. Another callback, and they're really good at the callbacks. Solid labor three. Yes, and uh, Jericho. They also tied it into the first uh, promo interaction that Jericho. I think one of the first promo interactions that Jericho and MJF had, where they where Jericho mentioned it. Yes, reference to Ventude Guerrero. Yes, said um, MJF. MJF's parents probably made him to his rivalry with uh, why he was fighting Juventud Guerrero. So, yeah, that's that's good stuff. That's good shit. I, I, I will argue this, that I feel like the trials should get harder as you go. And I was like, so it feels Nick like... Nick Gage this, was really hard, yeah, I agree. It, like, this should have been three. It should have been like Juventud Guerrero was two, and then Nick Gage was three. I don't know. That's just thought for us. But, yeah, if they play into the fact, I think they should definitely, that Jericho is beat up and bloody from the death match, maybe comes out in some bandages or something. I think the whole, you know, the total toll it's taking on his body going through these labors really needs to go. But who am I telling? Chris Jericho, he's, of course, going to have bandages. That dude's a genius. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this match with Juventud Guerrero. Uh, yeah, it, it's taking me back to my teenage years. Uh, it makes me feel really, really old because I can say 20-something years ago was only my teenage years. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. I will also say, too, I, I, I personally like to believe it as, like, Jer- uh, MJF fully expected that this uh, this would end either in at uh, Labor 1 or Labor 2. So now he's just randomly just like, oh, I got Juventud Guerrero on the line. He's going to kick your ass. And it's just like, and now it's like, like he's scrambling more to get the final ones. He never had like the whole list planned out. He just had the first one and Nick Gage. And then he's like, well, Nick Gage is going to kill him. That's it. So I like to think that's how it was. But overall, that was Fight for the Fallen. Really kind of was... uh maybe like uh like the show overall i think felt a little lopsided where it felt like the beginning of the show started off hot the end of the show was was crazy hot and then like the middle honestly the only thing that kind of held it like up to the same level as those first those the, the the first thing the first match and the last match was the announcement of the rampage show and then the tease of cm punk yeah, I would have bet $100 that FTR in uh Proud and Powerful was going to steal the show. Again, but, shame about the injury and that it just, yeah, it just yeah. didn't seem to go right for neither yeah, team. Yeah, it went like I said for me, it was like I know I'm on the outside but it was like bloody, you know, no like TV cuts out. I see the crappy ending. I come back and watch it, realize the match was really good until he cut it like cut his arm and it's just like I feel like the whole vibe of the match might change if they could have done the finish that they wanted to yes but regardless of the fact though the show itself was good um but it was it felt pretty lopsided and i think that's fair to say absolutely we can get into our preview for the homecoming episode of dynamite where they return to daily's place in jacksonville jacksonville before we get there who do you think will replace hangman for the for the AW World Title match yeah. uh, at All Out, yeah. um, Christian, I agree because if you look at the top five and nothing in AEW happens on uh, accident, Hangman now can't challenge for the title, right? Yes, Jungle Boy has already lost. Who's two has already lost to Kenny Omega recently. Three is Christian, right? So. Yep. 
He has earned his way up the rank. I do think, and you can tell me what you think about this, and then we can move on. I think he needs a win over an established star in AEW. I mean, he kind of did with Matt Hardy. I feel like it has to be like a bigger name, like shit, uh, a Mox, a Ricky Starks, uh, even like I even say it because you know Ricky Starks has been kind of protected. What about an Ethan Page? Ethan Page, something. He needs a win where you know he needs another win to me. Okay, maybe they do. Maybe Kenny Omega comes out this week and says, well. Since the number one contender is gone, maybe I should get the day off. And then maybe t- Tony or whatever announces that Jungle Boy versus Christian will happen on a Dynamite or a Rampage yeah, soon. And then the winner gets the title shot, and then Christian beats Jungle Boy. And then I'm like, okay, you've beat enough people to be in this spot. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Yeah. And then that may be where you see the cracks start breaking with Jungle Boy and Christian. Yeah. Okay. But now I think that's a fair point. I think we both agree it's Christian. But we can get to the preview for the homecoming episode of Dynamite. Uh, for the matches announced, of course, the main match was Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black. Malachi Black's debut in AEW, his first match. Chris I, Jericho. I, I think oh. he should. I think Malachi should win convincingly. Absolutely. I don't think he Absolutely. should just win. I think he should win convincingly and if he loses it should be about dq because he just goes crazy and beats up cody arn dustin comes out and gets kicked i mean if you do anything other than a black win has to have black basically put cody out yeah put cody out for like a month yes that's exactly what has to happen uh chris jericho versus juventud guerrero for uh, the the third labor of Jericho out of five, Christian Cage versus the Blade. This is option. this this would not be good enough in my mind. I just no, want to throw not. it out there. It's, it really is. It's not. It's not. It's not. This is not what we were talking about. But yeah. that's fine. We got we got the tease of it with him getting hit with the brass knuckles. But you know he's getting this win to add yes. to his win total. To uh-huh. him say, hey, this guy's lost. Jungle Boy's been beat. Christian. At last, yes, you're on exactly. your own. <laughs> uh, Miro versus Lee Johnson. That is for the TNT title, correct? Yes, bur- burial. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, There's a difference between losing and getting buried. I want to tell everyone that. I, I hate. It's one of those things. It's one of that those. I, I am not one of those reactionary things. Where it's like, I, I'm it's not. Buried. Yes, I am in the audience just like you. But I have been watching wrestling long enough, and Austin has been wrestling long enough. Let me tell you about Buried. Zack Ryder was in a match where oh where uh, where uh, his girlfriend ch- cheated on him. Then Kane beat him up, pinned him clean at the event, and then he wasn't seen on the show for six months. I still remember Mania where he got kicked in the dick. Yeah. Then he wasn't seen on TV for six months. You know what that is? That is being buried. You lost, and then they just literally quit booking you. That is getting buried. What? Absolutely. Hangman losing or losing a match is not getting buried. And I get tired of people using the term wrong. If you're on TV every week, unless you're, you're losing buried. every week, you're not buried, especially in AEW where they got like, I, I counted, it was like 80 men on the roster. 
and they only have a two-hour show. And if you're making dynamite every week, you're not buried. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and then the Bunny versus Layla Hirsch, which we will be able to see Layla Hirsch back on Dynamite after a good while. Did they say this was for a title shot? I thought that's what they said. I wasn't I sure. Didn't, I, I didn't see. You have yeah. to check the Twitter on yeah, it. Yeah, I got to check that. the Twitter. That's that's my bad. I meant to look it up, and I forgot. Regardless of the fact, uh, I am in, I am probably – I don't know if Floyd's on the same level as me. I enjoy seeing uh, – Allie, I enjoy seeing the bunny get more matches on Dynamite. I think she has the the potential to continue to grow as a stronger heel in AEW. And I think that's kind of what they're looking to position her as. Because, of course, in their heel department for the women's division, it's a little lackluster. And I think having Allie continue to get a little bit more uh, wins under her belt and become more vicious and have the Butcher and the Blade help her out, or mainly the Blade, uh, help help out and really like make her just ungodly annoying and just get a bunch of heat. I think I think she could be positioned to be one of their one of their top close to top heels in the in the division. Um, so I'm glad that she's getting that getting that rub though. I think and I think that's what's going to happen in this match too. Though I think Layla Hirsch um, has a little bit of uh, work to go. I think she'll she'll be losing to Allie on this they, one. They got to get better with the ladies' secondary stories. Yes, they do. There should be something going on with Serena Deeb, Rio, Jay Cargill. It needs to be something yeah, else we, going on. I agree. I, I know I've been saying that like Jade should be sparingly used, but like at this point, like I think Jade just needs to like I would prefer if Jade was on like kicking somebody's ass at this point. Though yeah. I like Bunny a lot. Yeah, she could be in two minute matches where she just comes yes. in and Goldberg's them. And then you could, and then you could at least say you had more than one woman's match on the show. Yeah, because it's just, I, I the ratings are going up, so I can't really tell them they don't know what they're doing. Exactly. But yeah, no, but it, a million it, again. Yeah, but it's it's looking bad. Even from like it's getting to where I'm like, again, they only have two hours. That's the only argument I have. They only have two yeah, hours. Yeah. yeah so August thirteenth. Uh, we're gonna get Rampage. It's coming in Pittsburgh. That's the first episode. So hopefully, I'm thinking all national. Maybe we can get get it up to three women's matches between the two shows. We'll see. Yeah, we'll really see. But now that we got the preview for Homecoming uh, out and done, we've got a lot of extra news headlines we want to talk. So we'll try to hit every single one of them. I'll throw it to Floyd to go running down like full part in the interruption style. Yeah. So first Stephen Amell said on oral sessions with Renee Young, you can go download that from your podcast or go listen to it that he wants to wrestle again and he doesn't want to be a guest celebrity wrestler. He wants to be in it. He wants to like hit somebody with the chair and go heel and not just because that's the name of his TV show. Heels also heels drops on August 15th. On Sun- Punk's in it. Sunday, August 15th on Stars. So make sure uh, you're checking that out. And, you know, you got to think that eventually Cody's going to be in it. But he says he's been Cody, a needle in Cody, about basically getting him in there to wrestle. I liked him. I liked him in his appearance in WWE, which he didn't do much, but I liked that appearance. I liked him in his match against Chris Daniels. Uh, so if they can do it right, Definitely uh, want Stephen Amell in there. Uh, AEW has announced that they're teaming up with Tops for a trading uh, trading card line. Uh, it's going to drop in November. Uh, this is straight from my boy JR. If uh, 
If you're just getting started to cards, don't buy big boxes. Just wait till they do breaks and then just buy the cards that you want individually. I am not a card person personally. I don't. How are you with yeah. it? Uh, no, I'm not. I, I mean, like, I, I was a kid. I, I, I collected a little bit of Pokemon yeah, yeah. cards and Yu Gi Oh! But, like, now, yeah. I mean, I have one card that I guess would be a little bit cool of a collectible, yeah. which was the uh, Miguel Cabrera Home Run in the Snow card, which yeah. I thought just looked cool. So I got it. Um, and I bought that singular, like just the card itself. But wrestling cards, I just never really got. Uh, yeah. Like, even the WWE ones. Like I have tops WWE cards, um, including ones that I got that were exclusive to SummerSlam, uh, which were just Shinsuke um, on it. But it's just it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's I, not my thing. I grew up in the '80s. Baseball cards were the thing in the '80s. Had the little plastic sleeves. I'm kind of disorganized. If I have not made that clear on this show. So keeping up with cards, not going to be my strong suit. So I'm not a card guy. I always say support AEW, but, you know, figures are nice and big. You can put them in plastic things. So that's going to that's gonna be where I stick with my uh, collecting. Uh, Thunder Rose is officially with AEW. I don't think we announced it last week, so I just made sure we wanted to get that on the show because she, she is my favorite wrestler in AEW now. I waited for her to sign to say that. I even bought the new shirt, the AEW Thunder Rosa shirt. Should be hopefully getting to me before All Out. Uh, then we're going to get Tanahashi and Archer August 14th at New Japan Resurgence in LA for the United States title. And last but not least, tomorrow on HighSpots.com because we are recording. Or let me say this because this won't be up until uh, in the morning, which will be August 1st. So this morning, if you're listening, Fuego Del Sol's shirt uh, jacket is going to drop on HighSpotsAction.com. There's only going to be 24 of them. So so it's going to be it. But the last piece of news is the piece of news that dropped today. 731-21. The WWE released the Eater of Worlds. The Fiend. Bray Wyatt. Before we get into the obvious question that people want us to answer, how shocked were you that this happened? It's weird because, like, the first instant reaction I had was just, you gotta be kidding me. But at the same time, though, I kind of probably should have saw it coming because we have not seen him since the night after WrestleMania. And it kind of seemed like they had no idea or they just had no plans to use him going forward after Mania. They already had a bad taste in their mouth after how bad their his Mania match was received with Alexa turning heel and supposedly like the idea was that he was she was gonna feud with uh i just heard something really weird i don't know what that was i thought it was a lady's voice i heard that too no one's here i had you on mute no one's in my room maybe someone was outside my room i don't know i i had a bit of a freak out there yeah i apologize that was a ghost no one yeah i have a ghost in my room apparently or the fiend is coming to destroy me but um i i i i really probably should have saw it coming considering how how long he had been off tv but at the same time though it's like he had so much creativity in his in his being that had so much room to just showcase what he could do and he had so many ideas and he was 
you cannot deny the dude was incre- was creative. I know people are throwing out the term genius. I I can't say that because it's hard for me to determine what WWE came up with and what Bray came up with because the Firefly Funhouse match against John Cena was one of my favorite things in wrestling of all time. Like truly was. I love that thing so much. But yeah, this one sucked because I was just like, man, it could have been so much more. It could have been so much more. And I just – he he got mishandled a lot. You can't deny that. Whether or not people didn't like his character um, or they just didn't like the weird supernatural stuff he did, um, that's up to opinion. But you cannot deny that like this man had so much to give, and I feel like he kind of got capped at what he could give in wrestling. All right. So my take on it is I was shocked. Because I had just seen a picture like early in this week where he was kind of like really good shape. And they said he was preparing to come back. And and then we found out news later in the day that he just found out. He did not ask for his release. This was not a medical condition. They told him they were releasing because of budget cuts. And as long as he's been with the WWE and, you know, when your contract comes up, you know, you get this certain bump. I imagine he was making a good amount of money. So they wanted to get that number off his books. That makes sense. Now I'm going to answer the question that generally everybody wants to answer. I think our answers are different, but I'm going to say this. When people ask us, do I want Bray Wyatt in AEW? No. I think we got Punk. We got Brian coming. Uh, you, you know, you're going to have to figure out a way to get them all in. I feel like we got a few women coming at least. You're going to have to feel a lot of way to get them on TV. There's only three hours of TV. I don't feel like there's room for Bray Wyatt in AEW. But I'm not just saying that because I don't like him. There is a company that fits what he likes to do way better than AEW. And that company is Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling likes the spooky shit. They like the evil stuff. They murder people on their TV show. Decay is a perfect fit for him or whatever he wants to do. And most importantly, I've made this argument before. Impact doesn't have a guy. I, I don't think they have an ace. I don't think they have a star. I don't think they have a face of a company. Bray Wyatt would be the face of Impact. He would be, he's a locker room leader from everything I've ever heard. He's very imaginative. He comes up with good storylines. I think Impact would serve his purpose more than AEW. Now, I I agreed with not having him come to to AEW. I just don't think, like, well, also, I think we've also shown with AEW with Broken Matt Hardy that I don't think the crazy supernatural, like, like weird kind of gimmicks like that necessarily work in a company like AEW that's trying to be a little bit more sports like oriented and stuff like that. Um, so I don't think that's necessarily a place that Bray could thrive. I think Impact, like you said, is a great point, and I think in Impact he would. I think he would be the top guy in in Impact. Um, my thought, the first thing I thought was Japan, because I thought if any place could get it, a character that's like wild and crazy and has a bunch of lore and like it's like a comic book villain and stuff like that, or a horror or a horror movie villain. Uh, Bray Wyatt would do very well in Japan, I thought. So I, 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 my first thought was Japan, but I do think Impact is another great shout. So they already, yeah, they already tell stories like he wants to tell. 
Exactly. They're not afraid to go to the extra dimension and all that stuff. Their fan base is behind it. They get behind it. And again, he would be the guy. He would be the star of that company. And I truly think an impact needs one or two big names to that that belong to them that are the star of their company. So Yes. Also, uh, just so people know that I'm not haunted by a ghost, that was my mom. Uh, it's all good. Yes. So yeah, I think that's it. I do want to throw out there, and I'll be throwing this out there until the day of it. Uh, four people in the Oklahoma, Texas area, or I don't know how hardcore of a Fuego or Matt Hardy fan you are. Uh, my friend Jerry, uh, he's a promoter, and he is a promoter for World Class Revolution on uh, uh, Saturday, October 3rd. At I think that's Saturday. It might be a Sunday. I, I've I had it earlier, but I just want to make sure because I want to Sunday, October 3rd in Wichita, Kansas at a place called the Cotillion. Tickets are on sale now. It will be the master of the tornado DDT Fuego del Sol versus the man that can slam a tornado, Matt Hardy. I, I just thought that was sounding cool because they both got that at one point in their career. I mean, of course, he's the master tornado DDT. But I remember Matt Hardy's come out to music. I can slam a tornado. So that's kind of cool. So we're going to get Fuego versus Matt Hardy. One of, you know, you know, chances to meet them in a smaller setting. Watch them wrestle. So support local wrestling if you can. I know this is not for everybody. Because not everybody lives close to Wichita, Kansas. But if you do live in that area, make sure you go check them out. I will say also, too, to support indie wrestling, uh, Pure Pro Wrestling in Michigan, they are having shows in Holland. Uh, they just recently announced that they got uh, 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 the Impact X Division champion. I'm blanking on his name. Oh, my God. I'm so bad. Uh, I'm so bad. I'm uh, so Josh sorry. Alexander. Josh Alexander, that was his name. I knew it was Alexander something. And like Josh Alexander, he will be at one of their shows. And then they also announced that Drago or Drago, he from from Lucha Underground, he will and AAA, of course, he will also be at one of their shows. I don't have the dates with me right now, but if you live in the Michigan area, their shows I think will be in Holland, Michigan. Uh, and Pure Pro Wrestling is also based closer out of Flint as well because that's where their training facilities are and such. So if you want to watch indie wrestling with guys that are from Impact and Lucha Underground and AAA, uh, do that because they are they do a lot of great stuff, and those are two pretty big signings that I think they you should go check out uh, for those shows. So do that. Uh, yes. All right. So... That's uh, it. That's it. I just want to say Delta is coming. <laughs> Delta is coming. Yeah. I, 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 I like to go to events. I do. I want to be able to leave my house. So uh-huh. if you happen to be listening to the show, hey, get vaccinated. If you listen to our show and you haven't been vaccinated before July 31st, 2021, and you get vaccinated, I will buy you a ticket to the next Dynamite show in your area. I won't do that because I can't do that. But, but what I would say I, is that uh, <laughs> if you I, do listen to our show, it really would mean the world to us as a personal thing. Please get vaccinated. We yeah. want to continue to go to these shows. We want wrestling to continue to have live attendance and fans. We want to get back to our normal lives. And yes. the easiest way to do that is to just get vaccinated. Yes. And, and if uh, politics out of the way, just yeah. please do it. Yes. And if my Labor Day gets canceled because people won't get vaccinated, 
I'm going to hate people for a while. I might even have to get a guest host because I don't want to just get on the show and cuss. And I don't for want to <laughs> hate people. I, I really, positivity. Yeah, I am all about positivity, but. We really don't want to. Like I'm just like, dude, duh, oh my God. It's just, I want my life to be so back to normal. I'm waiting for the okay where they're like, hey, a third vaccine will make it even po- more uh, less possible for the Delta variant to happen. And I'm just like, bam, yes. it's in my arm. I, I'm done. I am one of the least political people you will ever meet. Don't post about it. Rarely talk about it. Don't know things that are going on. People have to tell me. My wife has to keep me updated. So this is not politics. This is just me wanting to go to events. This is a completely selfish reason. Please get your shots so I don't get stuck in the house again. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yes. And whether you are at home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite.